For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Ready to talk sports with Daryl and Sam. Welcome to Sports Info UM featuring Daryl Oliver and Sam Sword. These guys know the sport like nobody else. From former players to coaches to the great figures of the NFL, you'll get the inside scoop on what's going down today in football and other sports. Now, here's Daryl and Sam. And welcome to Sports Info UM. Coach, we got a lot of things to talk about tonight, and hopefully we're going to have a whole lot of ladies on the show. Something I really like like to do is talk to ladies. I really like to talk to ladies, but hopefully we're going to have a lot of ladies on tonight and give us a woman's perspective on football. And we're not just talking about college football and professional football. We want to get down to the nuts and bolts of this thing, all the way down to the to the peewee, the junior midgets, the junior varsity, the varsity. We want to talk about it all. And, uh, you know, Coach, they have a new show on now called Friday Night Tights, I think is what it's called. And they have these Little League football players um, playing football. And um, they're, they're talking about the training that they go through, the injuries that they deal with. And these are the kind of things that I think we really need to start talking a little bit, a little bit more about. The injuries that a that a seven-year-old goes through when he gets a helmet on the knee. You know, when a seven-year-old uh, tears an ACL, it, it, it's, it's basically the same thing as when a, when a 21-year-old te- tears an ACL. He has to go through the same kind of surgery. The only difference is the 21-year-old may not suffer arthritis in that knee until he's maybe in his 40s, whereas that 12-year-old is probably going to start suffering from that arthritis in his late 20s, and, it, and, it's, and it's a big difference. And I think these are the things, some of the things we need to talk about, Coach. Well, Coach, uh, I mean, Daryl, you know, as a coach, you know, when you see people come out like uh, Brett Favre that says that if he had sons, he's not sure that he had recommended to his son to play football. That's to me. That's pretty big statement from a guy that's definitely going to be a Hall of Famer. I, and, and you're right. And and he's not alone, Coach. Um, there are a lot of parents now that have that have changed their view on on the game of American football. And uh, and I've heard stories that um, in 20 years they don't think that we will be playing tackle football um, anymore. Uh, I hope that's wrong. I think we can make it safe enough, uh, Daryl. Uh, you know, I think that we, we've grown bigger athletes. We've got uh, more violent collisions, but we haven't done enough research to get equipment out there to coincide with the increase in muscle tissue, strength, and speed. 
So you're saying we need better equipment to deal with the injuries that we're dealing with. I think that I think that that can make a big difference. I think if you uh, you're seeing all the time uh, in NASCAR, you know those guys have just horrendous accidents, and they walk away from it uh, pretty unscathed. I think it's just a matter of us letting the technology evolve and realizing that money needs to be spent to make sure. I, you know, I love the fact that we're doing a lot better job on the sidelines in the NFL uh, checking on uh, concussion. Yeah. And and, way down. And, you know, um, I don't know if that's a good comparison, Coach, because we're talking about a, a machine where they have literally these guys are in a in a steel cage wrapped around a, a a car wrapped around a steel cage, whereas these athletes they keep getting bigger and faster and stronger. Whereas um, it, it, ten years ago or even fifteen years ago, a guy we it's very rare that we saw a guy weigh two hundred and ninety pounds and run a sub five forty yard dash. That just didn't happen. And I guess now, I don't care, you know, we're going to have to get some really good helmets and really good shoulder pads that are we going to have to put a weight limit on these athletes, you know, because these guys are getting bigger and stronger and faster, and you're seeing them do incredible things nowadays. You know, you look at this guy, Gronkowski. I mean, he's he's literally 280 pounds running routes like, like Liz Swan. Well, Coach, the thing about it is I think that one of the things – that we're having a problem at, especially at the high school level, is I remember as a coach, you know, when they came out with the best helmets, but they cost uh, $127 and each, and then you're trying to make it justified to your athletic director, to your principal, to all the people that hold your purse strings, that it's important for you to have those kind of helmets. Well, we've got to get to the point where, that's not the question. The question is, how can we make it, if, we're, if we love the sport, if we love seeing the sport, if it's the big driving revenue maker for us at the high school, college, and, of course, in the NFL, then we have to let the technology work to the point that we can keep these athletes safe. Coach, uh, I, you know, I guess we're all waiting for that kind of technology to come about. And, um, you know, when we look at, at the protection that the guys wear now compared to the protection they wore 10 years ago or 20 years ago, these guys are literally wanting to wear less protection now than we did 20 years ago. No one wears elbow pads anymore. And back in the day, everybody wore, wore elbow pads. It's very rare now that you'll see a receiver in the NFL with legitimate knee pads on. He may have something that resembles a, a, a half dollar covering his knee, but those are not what we grew up um, wearing knee pads look like. They didn't look like that when we grew up playing the game, Coach. No, no, I agree with you. Uh, and it's it's one of those things where you know that uh, – yeah. Oh, Coach, hold on. Hold that thought, Coach. We got one of our callers on the line. We got Miss Johnson. Miss Johnson, how's it going? Yes, hello, Mr. Oliver. How are you this evening? Oh, I'm doing so well, Miss Johnson. As a matter of fact, this is um, 
uh, Freddie Johnson Huff, a therapist, counselor in uh, in the city of Miami. And um, as a matter of fact, Ms. Huff is, is, has has a master's degree in, in sports psychology. Is that correct, Ms. Huff? That is correct. <laughs> yes. So, hey, we're talking to the right person here. Uh, Ms. Huff, we're here talking about the dangers of this game we love so much, American football. You know, and as, as much as I can talk about the dangers, I can talk about a lot of wealthy men that I know because of this game as well. And if you ask any one of them, they, they would not trade, trade their wealth for the risk that they had to take to get it. So um, as much as we want to down the game of football or talk bad about how many concussions we're seeing and how many people we're seeing now um, dealing with serious injuries years after the game, the, the, this game has also made a lot of people rich and uh, made a lot of successful people as well. Ms. Huff, what's your view on the, on the concussion situation in football right now? Well, I know for sure that there, there, there are there's been studies done um, stating that um, from uh, the concussions that most uh, football players have they have sustained over the years that um, it's an increase for dying from Alzheimer's. And um, that's very serious because out of the um, Alzheimer's, uh, Fisher Center for Alzheimer's Research, they have, they have done extensive research. Um, a lot of players, uh, older, of course, um, they're suffering from uh, some sort of um, dementia and or some sort of, um, of, of Alzheimer's. And uh, that's very serious, very, very serious. Yes, and we've even had cases where athletes and football players have um, have taken their own life. And um, now that we look at um, Junior Seau and his situation, uh, there were there were there were some red flags that he threw up before he took his life that um, that he was dealing with a lot of a lot of issues uh, mentally and physically. And I, I think those are the ones that we really don't pay attention to a lot of times is the mental issues that we see athletes dealing with. We, we can almost imagine an athlete with a bum leg or a bum shoulder when he's in his 50s. But we hardly think that an athlete, because he's so strong, he's so physical, that he could be dealing with a lot of stress and a lot of um, anxiety from all the, all the collisions that they've taken um, They've had to endure throughout the years. So I think we have to sometimes take a bigger look at, at the athlete, um, not, just, not just the injuries that we can see, but the ones that are unseen are the most serious injuries that they're dealing with. I, I, I do agree with you, Mr. Oliver. I do agree. Uh, Coach, what do you think, sir? Well, the thing about it is I wonder, uh, are we more aware of this because – we have the technology now. Uh, did we have a lot more uh, NFL players suffering from this that we didn't? We let go unnoticed for better reason than just the fact that we weren't keeping close tabs on it. Because I know they used to back in the day, way back in the day when I played, they would tell you up front that you know if you play in the NFL more than five years, you're probably not going to reach 60, 65. Well, and if, and what we've seen is that um, that still stands true today, Coach. That um, I think I read something recently. If if you play in the league five years, um, you're you're probably not going to make sixty. I think the average it was fifty three years old for a lot of these guys. So 
you know, the, these statistics don't lie. And, uh, and, and when we see um, people take their own life or we see people, um, and, and, it's, and it's not just the, um, the, um, the concussions that a lot of these guys are having to deal with. We, we see guys, after they stop playing, lose a tremendous amount of weight. And uh, right. this is this is a serious problem. I think this is a an issue with steroids that we probably not seeing the full effect of now. But twenty years from now, I think we're going to probably see more of that situation that we're going to be dealing with as well. And so when we when we talk about things like is this game going to be around twenty years from now? Are we going to be able to sit down and look at a football game knowing that? <coughs> Guys that played in the 90s or in the early 2000s are dead because they took some substances to make themselves available and make themselves ready, ready to play this physical game. They're not even here. Can we, can we honestly look at a game and say, hey, um, I love this sport, even though so-and-so's dead because he took steroids back in the 90s. So uh, it's, it's, it's really a, a touch what we talked about off the air before we came on the air, we were talking about how Tony Dorsett, 60, uh, yes. went out and said that he has CTE, that uh, he said that he signed up for football as a kid, and I guess I started playing so many years ago, but obviously not knowing the end was going to be like this. But I love the game. The, good, the game was good for me. It's just unfortunate that I'm going through what I'm going through now. So those people, uh, Tony Dorsett being one of them, uh, are one of those people that, uh, like you said earlier, uh, would not have realized the dreams or the wealth that he's received if it wasn't for the sport. Without a doubt. And, and, Go and ahead, Ms. Now, uh, do you... Both both men, do you believe that um, now in, in, in today's society, because we have evolved since, since Dorset and ones that came after him, do you believe that uh, we start our youth out very young playing the sport, American football, and do you believe that if the parents, along with the coaches, uh, begin to teach the, the youth how to safely uh, protect themselves when they're, when they're playing the sport, and, and to let someone know, in fact, that they're not comfortable uh, with um, an injury. I mean, they, have, they, they sustain an injury, they're not comfortable, they don't want to go back into the game, they don't want to play the game anymore, but we have a lot of coaches and parents that are constantly pushing you because of the advantage, which is the big dream, which is the wealth, it's the same. Uh, do you believe that we need to, to stop doing that and pay close attention to what is really happening? Well, Daryl was saying that someday he thinks that maybe we won't have tackle football. I think what we need to do is we need to reassess. You know, I started playing uh, tackle football in the third grade in Louisiana. And all along, uh, there were people that were more motivated than they should have been to play the sport. But I think, you know, maybe we need to readdress and they shouldn't start playing tackle football until uh, they're in their uh, early teens. Uh, where their I growth agree. are established. I agree. 
I, I totally agree. Um, I didn't start playing football until I was 14 years old, my ninth grade year in high school. And the reason being is because um, I didn't live close enough to a city, and we didn't have Pop Warner in my city. The only thing we had in, my, in our city was flag football. So nobody in my area played uh, Pop Warner football or what we would call tackle football. Nobody in the Putnam County area that I came from played tackle football until they were in the ninth grade, unless they played at Crescent City High School, which started football in the seventh grade at that time. So I, I think that was an advantage for me. Now, for a lot of people, I think this is a, a, a total disadvantage to start playing at, at such a, a young age. Um, I don't think you're really physically ready for, um, for, the, for the level of punishment that you have to deal with in this sport. Physically or mentally, and especially mentally. Well, and, and the thing about the thing that I do enjoy seeing is that uh, for many years I saw, you know, I coached for 36 years. The difference in technique training has come a long way. Uh, you know, we, you know, I can remember coaches telling me you got to put your your head right on that ball player, uh, roll your neck, and put your face mask right on him. And we've learned that that's, that's the worst thing you can do. But, I mean, some very good coaches that I, that I knew for a fact were very good coaches uh, were teaching technique that was detrimental to young people. And it was because that's how it was done in the past. And so now that we're evolving not only technology for the equipment, but maybe also for the technique to make it a safer sport. I would agree with you, Coach. Um, the sport is a lot safer. However, the athletes are a lot more physical now. I mean, we we're seeing we're seeing guys now that are just you know these, these guys. Some of these some of these guys working with six percent, five percent body fat, Coach, at at almost three hundred pounds. I mean, this this is a this is a lethal weapon coming at you when when they tackle you now. So I mean, it, it's, this is not the same. Kid that we saw in the in the eighties in the nineties, these these athletes now are training at a level that is Olympic style year round. I mean, we 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 trained for a little while, then we went on to another sport in a sense. Now these guys are training at an Olympic pace in high school, and we're seeing some monsters come out of high school now. You know, you, you know, you look at some of these kids. Um, 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 I, I can, I'm trying to think of Julius Peppers as an example. He, he's huge. I mean, this is a, a, a power forward on a, on, on a North Carolina basketball team that looked up, and he's a defensive end. You know, we look at Jimmy Graham. You know, this is a kid who was a power forward for the University of Miami basketball team, and now he's a, a superstar at tight end for the New Orleans Saints. Hey, guys. We're going to be right back with more Sports Info UM. And, Ms. Huff, hopefully you'll be able to stay through the break, and we'll talk a whole lot more about the dangers and the advantages of American football. We'll be back back with more Sports Info UM. flagship station for sports voice america sports 
Are you ready for a show that's all about what goes on behind the scenes and how it relates to what you see on the field? Tune in for Nick Ferguson's Secondary Perspective on the Voice America Sports Channel. Our guests will bring you the stories, the opinions, the expertise, and the inspiration behind what you hear in sports news. Find out what happens next. Listen for Nick Ferguson's Secondary Perspective, live every Thursday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Okay, sports fans, here's your opportunity to discuss football, America's favorite sport. On an annual basis, millions of people attend, watch, and listen to football, both pro and college. Ray Ellis Sports, an internet talk radio show, was developed with the fan in mind. Join host, former Philadelphia Eagles and Cleveland Browns strong safety, Ray Ellis, on Voice America Sports every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific for exciting, interactive football discussions from the fan's perspective. Tune in every Tuesday at at 1 p.m. Pacific to Ray Ellis Sports right here on the Voice America Network and let's talk football. Sports continues to grow and evolve to ever-increasing prominence in today's society. On All Around Sports, host John Inglesby will connect with the leading newsmakers from the sports world, including players, owners, and fellow sports journalists, discussing the top news and events that are relevant to sports today. John will also report from and offer his experience of the world's top sports events. Tune in to All Around Sports with John Inglesby, Fridays at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific, on the Voice America Sports Channel. Internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. You're tuned in to Sports Info UM with Daryl and Sam. Call us today at 888 346 9144. That's 888 346 9144. Or send us an email at sportsinfoum3793 at gmail.com. Now, back to the show. And welcome back to Sports Info U.M. On the phone, we have Gene calling from Fort Lauderdale, Florida. And we also have uh, therapist Freddie Huff, Freddie Johnson Huff, on the line. (laughs) Gene, tonight we're talking about um, the dangers and the advantages of American football. And, Gene, um, I know you, you, you live down in Fort Lauderdale. Yes, and, I do. Um, got a lot of superstars come from um, the city of Fort Lauderdale in the NFL, from Lorenzo White to Michael Irving, Benny, Benny and Brian Blaze. So you've seen some of these stars and seen some mm-hmm. of the wealth that has helped accumulate from, um, from the sport of football. Um, so as much as we talk about the dangers, there's also some uh, some pros involved in this game. How do you feel about this? Well, first of all, I would like to say that I love your show. Thank especially you. Tonight, um, it, it covered a lot of uh, thoughts, a lot of concerns that I, I've had, especially with my young grandson. Mm-hmm. And I just had this conversation a few days ago in reference to how, at what age should we let our children uh, participate in the contact sport of football with pads and helmets and, and hitting and um, I uh, toss and I turn with that uh, with, with the response, but I'm so happy that you guys reiterated and you confirmed just what I believe that we should wait um, longer than we are than we are now with the youth playing so young, especially with the concussions and 
um, you know, injuries uh, that they have to suffer at such a young age. So I thank you for that. Well, uh, and thank you, one of the advantages um, that uh, that I see that it, it does offer is it does let one be physically fit, you know, with all the exercise and all the preparation physically that they have to put in to, uh, you know, to become the professionals that they are. And also it creates such a, uh, a great livelihood, as you mentioned earlier, that um, I interface or I know a lot of them from the South Florida area, that, you know, they've made a lot of money <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. to, to live off. But when the, their game is over, you know, with the aches and the pains and the sufferings, and, of course, you know, along with pain, there comes medication right. you know, that they have to take to, you know, to do all of this stuff. So the show tonight is very informative, and uh, I appreciate it. Thank you. Gene, could you hold on for us for a second? And Matt, do we have Diane on hold? Let's get Diane in here on this conversation as well. And, and Gene, this is Diane calling Hello? from Gainesville, Florida. And Hi, Diane, Diane, we have Miss Freddie Johnson. Hi. Hello, Diane. And we also Hi. have um, Gene calling from Fort Lauderdale. Okay. And Diane is calling from um, Gainesville, Florida, over where the Gators hang out at. Correct. How's it going, Diane? Oh, it's going great. It's going great. Good. Diane, we have a panel so. of women on, women on our show tonight, and we're talking about the pros and cons of American football. When is a good age to start? Now we see this TV show, um, Friday Night Tights, where we have kids out there playing, look like they're six and seven years old. I just right. really Ooh. think this is a dangerous sport for, uh, for such a young child to be playing. Okay. Um, well, I, I agree with that, too. Um, I think um, I remember coming up, um, my brothers, they started in, I think, middle school. Mm-hmm. They started with, and it, I don't think it was called Pop Warner at that time, but they started then, and um, and then, you know, they did high school. But I, I, I see, I've seen around Gainesville, um, teens all over, and I know they start in elementary age. Right. And so um, I, I really think that's uh, too much um, right now for the little bodies, and I've seen where they are so focused on that that mm-hmm. they've forgotten about the educational part. So, like, when they have a big tournament or something like that, they miss school, and they're not getting homework, and it's just, um, it just seems to be just promoting, promoting, promoting the athletics and not really the academics. And so I, I think, the, um, you know, maybe later on there's going to be a few that are going to make it, but the majority of them are not going to make it to the, the NFL. So I don't think that really needs to be the focus. They really need to get that good educational um, foundation. And I and I agree totally, um, Diane. And for those of us that don't know, and if you can't read between the lines, <laughs> Um, Diane is a elementary school teacher. And, and I know you see this firsthand. When they have those tournaments on a Saturday, if they're, if they're in school with their jerseys on on Friday, are, are they attentive? Are they focused like they would be if they didn't have that jersey on? Oh, of, of course not, no. But then they've, they've missed school also because they have, to, they have to travel to, you know, maybe it's the game, you know, I guess they're having the finals or something. And you have to travel 
to Miami or what have you, mm-hmm. they're missing school <laughs> because they have to, you know, I guess leave and practice and prepare for this this championship game. And Gene, Gene, yeah. as a grandparent, how do you feel about that? And and Miss Huff, uh, as a therapist, um, could you chime in on this as well? Well, okay, I'll, 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 go ahead, Gene. I agree with her one hundred percent because it takes time away from the kids. For example, they may have practices at night, and most of the practices, especially in football, is every night. I had yes. uh, a young daughter, both my daughters cheered for little, little league football. Football is from like six, and they will tell you maybe until eight. But nine times out of ten, it runs over to 8.30, 9 o'clock, you know, and I feel like that's too late for a, um, a, a youngster, especially elementary student, because now, you know, you have time. You, you got homework. You, got to, you have to have time to prepare mentally for the next day of school. And to me, that takes away from education. That is Ms. my Huff? And And for me, um, Mr. Um, Oliver, uh, from the um, therapeutic standpoint, we're talking about a child's mental uh, state here. You're saying six years old, up to eight years old. And ladies, we do know that, especially as a school teacher and also a grandmother, these children are unable to establish a logical thought regarding why they must perform the plays the coaches are telling them to perform. All they know is do as I say and this will get you to the next point. And that's detrimental to them at such an early age. And what are we doing? We're now breeding children to do what? Not to think for themselves, but just think the way that I'm telling you to think. And as you said, uh, Diane, that... They, they do not show up for school half the time, and that's not good because now their thought pattern along with the parents, if you have parents that are not concerned about their educational well-being, they're just focused on their child making it to where? To the NFL, correct? Yes, And right. if they, they're correct. focused on that, that is, that's, that's not good because they need that, that educational foundation to even go to college, to even make it to the NFL, and we know this. So this is where yes. this is this is a big problem here. A great big problem, and and now um, with education um, in Florida, we have our Common Core um, state standards, um, which are even tougher than um, the standards that we had before. And so right. everybody know, know knew about the FCAT and all that, but now we have a Florida exam that's going to be even tougher than what the FCAT was. And mm-hmm. so if you don't know how to read and spend that time to build that foundation for reading, you're going to struggle for the rest of the time. And in kindergarten, we have to, they, have to, they have to learn how to read. They have to be reading before they leave there. This is, this is what I, I have to teach. And, and I tell them, I said, you've got to learn how to read. That reading is going to determine where you are going to go from there. Sports, wow. you'll find their yeah. place. But you know, and, and Diane, um, you have to be able to comprehend what you have read. Yeah, you know, this is a this is a big problem. Um, and and when we look at this problem, I don't think we can focus on the kid or the athlete. 
This is this is a real serious family issue that has to be dealt with through adults. If you can't, if if it's not important enough for you to send your child to school on Friday because you got a game on Saturday, you're not going to send to school on Friday. I mean, th- some people really have their priorities screwed up. But hey, one of the people that we that we know that don't have their priorities screwed up is Samantha, who's calling from DC. Sam, give us your 411 on what's happening on this subject. What's happening? How are you doing, everybody? Good to talk to you. Hi. Hi. Well, actually, Daryl just said exactly what I was calling for, that it's it's greater than the athlete. It's it's the parents. It's at home. You have to set your priorities and decide what's more important for your child. That's what I believe. So taking a child out of school for not just football. We should make it larger than just football because it's right. all types. Okay, you have the so. gymnasts who are out there and they will miss school. Some dancers are out there. So it's more than just football. Uh, so I don't like the, the conversation typically. I know this one is about football, but a lot of times when you hear it, they start to pull out the young football players. But they're athletes and just activities that you know young children get involved in. And oftentimes the parents make that more important than the education. So I, I'm happy that this conversation is about education now and not just about the activity they're involved in because that has to be first. I agree. Yeah. Yes. And Samantha, we have um, um, therapist, counselor, um, Freddie Johnson Huff on. We have Jean, and Freddie is from Miami. We have Jean from Fort Lauderdale. And we also have Diane, a school teacher. And Jean is a grandparent. And Jean, I'm sorry, I don't know your occupation. Uh, but Diane is an elementary school teacher. And we're all mm-hmm. talking about the, um, the dangers and the pros and cons of this, of this sport that we love so much, um, mm-hmm. football. Yes. It's, and I, you know, we hear all the stories about the, the athletes who've been there, you know, as we were growing up watching them play, and we didn't think anything about the dangers, and now we're starting to hear more. We need more done with the equipment changes and all that, but these are things we're now learning that we didn't realize when, for instance, you were playing, Daryl. You know, we didn't know the, as much about it as far as details of injuries are concerned. At least I didn't realize it, but you're older than me. (laughs) (laughs) But, no, we didn't know as much as we know now. So I do believe we need – I don't ever want to see football go away, so let's not go there. But I know we need to do things to make the game safer and make people smarter, make the coaches smarter, make the parents smarter, and then carry that on to the athletes so that, you know, from children on, they become smarter athletes with it as well. And, and, I, and I, I would agree start, with you. It definitely you, starts with education. Education is the foundation, and from there we have to deal with their mental state, and from there we parents must deal with the coaches. Coaches yeah. and parents need to be on. If you're starting your child out very young, I think coaches, the coaches and the parents must be on the same page. Uh, you can't, The coach cannot be someone that's a bully, and the parent just he or she or a, a unit just sit, they sit there and they say, okay, the coach is always right. That's not true. Right. You need to understand that that's your child and you need to be able to say, I want to do this for the welfare, welfare of my child, not because you said it's okay and that my child is going to go to, to the NFL. No, I need to make sure my child is safe, my child is getting a sound education, and then we can move forward. We have a lot of parents in this in this society today, they're not doing that because they can see the advantage of uh, going pro, and that's the fame and that's the fortune. 
And that's so unfortunate that most parents are focused on saying unfortunate, not focused on the number one foundation, which is education, and also the camaraderie between the coaches and the, and the parents. That's, that's my build of my thoughts. <laughs> I agree 100%. We have to still remember that the game of football, NFL, that's all a business. We have to make the people involved in the game more important than the game itself. And like you said, oftentimes people see it as a means to an end. You know, this is where the fame and fortune is, but we need the people involved in the game to be smarter and ultimately healthier at that point because of how smart they are, how much education they've received going into it. So, And I think that does start with the parents. because The parents have to have their child first. So it can't be the coach is always right, like you said. So I agree completely with what you just said. You know, I guess, I guess what I'm hearing is also that we need a balance. We need a balance with um, the educational part of it to recognize that our kids do need to be in school. Our kids do need to study. It also, um, they do need uh, extracurriculum activities. They do need to exercise. And football is a way for them to do that. But I think I'm hearing also that we need a balance. Correct me if I'm wrong. I think you're hearing correctly. Thank you. <laughs> we, we, we definitely need a balance. And um, you know, ladies, um, there's a there's a there was a story came out a while back that Pop Warner football is down ten percent. You know, there's there's ten percent kids enrolled in Pop Warner football uh, in 2014 and did in 2013. Now, what we're seeing is that. A lot of people believe that the concussions and the the CTEs or whatever other brain damage that we've seen coming from the from um, the the collisions that football has caused is one of the main reasons that the numbers are down for football. Now, another thing I want to talk about when we come back from this commercial break is, ladies, a lot of these coaches are the only male figure that these young men have in their life from that middle school, high school, all the way until they get to college. And it's a lot of these coaches out here follow these kids and make sure that they do what they support, that they do what they need to do to get themselves into college. Because it's a lot of coaches think, if I can get you into college, it's up to you to get out of college. Now, hey, ladies, we'll be right back with more Sports Info UM on the Voice America radio. Okay, thanks. Okay. flagship station for sports voice america sports check your feelings at the door and enter the man cave don't let the name fool you because we're here for anybody that wants to talk and listen in host jd harris and ray austin are here to lead the forum from the fans former players owners execs and coaches while inside the man cave you do whatever you like we won't judge we'll even go beyond sports to talk technology current events and entertainment Tune in every Wednesday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. It's time to let the ladies do some sports talking around here. 
The sports girls take over the Voice America Sports Channel every Monday for The Inside Score. Beth Silverberg, Chin Chin Ong, and Stacey DeBerry are here to showcase the athletes, the coaches, and the foundations that change lives. In addition, we'll have a ton of regular features and a featured guest sports girl every week. You'll hear the stories you need to hear from the people that make the difference. The Inside Score is heard every Monday at 7 p.m. Eastern or Pacific on the Voice America Sports Channel. Looking for the best show about horse racing and handicapping? Want to play the ponies? Join us every week for Winning Ponies with John Englehart, racing's regular guy, where you'll go inside and behind the scenes with the top jockeys, trainers, agents, and handicappers in the world of horse racing. This show is the perfect complement to the Winning Ponies handicapping website. Listen for top plays for the weekend and the spot play of the week and win prizes just for calling in. Winning Ponies with John Englehart is live Thursdays at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Network. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. You're tuned in to Sports Info UM with Daryl and Sam. Call us today at 888-346-9144. That's 888-346-9144. Or send us an email at sportsinfoum3793 at gmail.com. Now, back to the show. And welcome back to Sports Info UM. We were just talking about um, scholarships. You know, I, I tell this story all the time. Uh, Duke University, University of North Carolina, Alabama, Miami, all of their basketball programs are going to give out maybe one or two scholarships this year on the basketball team. And if they give out three, they'll be lucky. However, those same programs, football teams, could give out anywhere from 20 to 30 scholarships this season. Every year. Every year they're going to give out 20 to 30 scholarships. In some cases, 35 scholarships. Because they're allowed to have 95 guys on scholarship. Where Duke's basketball team is only going to be able to, or only going to be allowed to have 12 or 13. Samantha, how many, how many players does Georgetown have on scholarship? Well, I know. I was trying to get that number while you were talking, but I think it's right along the lines of what you're saying with Duke. I was trying to get those numbers, but I don't have them. About 12 or 13 athletes on scholarship for the entire season. Whereas, hey, I'm serious. These football teams are giving away some scholarships now. Well, and if a kid gets into college through his ACTs and SAT scores, if he gets there and gets overwhelmed by college... Shame on him for not doing what he's supposed to do to stay in school and get a degree. Now, there's some kids that have been pushed along through high school, but because of our testing that we have now in the state of Florida, these kids don't get out of high school anymore and go to college and, and make a mockery of college. Is that true, Diane? True. true. And, and, um, well, and I hear about the scholarship, and it's a great way for, um, for kids to, to get a... Um, you know, an athletic scholarship and, and, and to get their education. Okay, so there's, okay, there's 95, and uh, I'm thinking about uh, the number of major universities here in Florida. So, okay, uh, when I think about that number, and then I think about, okay, just in Gainesville, um, there are, 
There's quite a few popcorn teams, okay? Yeah. There's more than 95 of those, um, those boys that are vying for this. And so, okay, parents still and, and, and the kids still can't depend that I'm going to get this athletic scholarship and go to college. Oh, no. Once again, I go back to the um, education. You've got to have that, too, because I you may not be the top person to get chosen for that scholarship. You know, that, that balance has to be there, and education still has to be a part of it. Yes. And as a matter of fact, Diane, if you don't get the education now, you're not even going to get... you. you in, in, in Volusia County, in Florida, you have to have a B average to play in any sport. Mm-hmm. I mean, now that, that I think that's setting the threshold pretty high. You know, and, you know the, the, the average student is not a B student. But in Volusia County, you must have a B to participate in any sport. Wow. Okay. They, they've raised the bar. <laughs> they've raised, raised the bar. The bar. Yeah. Now, hey, I'm, I'm not... And I'm... And I'm Honestly, I'm really saying you got to have the grades to play sports. And if you're going to college, you really have to have some kind of academic foundation. And, and, yeah. and more than likely, that's coming from your home. You know, right. that, that's that what I was going to say. The, your parents, that, the people, the adults in your life that are moving you forward, whether it's your parents, guardians, whoever the people are in your life, the adults in your life that are moving you forward, they have to see that as first. They have to see your education as being the most important and not your athletic ability. It has to be the education, but it has to start at home. But now, in the coach's defense, uh, you know, in the old days, guys would come to visit you as a head coach, and they would come in and they would say, well, Daryl's a great athlete. We want him. Now they come in and they say, what is Daryl's ACT scores? Mm -hmm. Is he college ready? That's the first thing they're going to say, regardless of how good an athlete Daryl's is. Regardless, if you got Herschel Walker and Bo Jackson combined, they want to know, are you a qualifier? I don't care if you run like Bo, Bo, Bo Jackson and Herschel Walker, really. If you're not qualified, they put you at the back of the list. And, 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 and I, I think that's the way it may be. Because if you get there and you don't have that, that foundation in, the, in those um, academic skills to make it through. Mm-hmm. You've played for four years, and now you have nothing. Right. That, that's, that's what I was going to say. Who, 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 who just said that? Was that? Who just said that? Was, that? It was me, was Diane. <laughs> okay. Diane, I'm going to piggyback off what you're saying is, and if you do have the ability to, in high school, that you have succeeded and your SAT scores, coach, it's okay to get into XYZ school. Now, that, that particular youth now is in the college setting. Now we're talking about other things that's going to come up, and that's coming from my, uh, my perspective in reference to the, uh, the, the, mental, the mental part, and that's the peer pressure. That's the respect. That's the entitlement, the character, the accountability. And that mm-hmm. you, in fact, those things I just named, if we go back to the home, if there was an absence of positive role model, either male, female, or the trouble of poor parenting or parental pressure, that child is still going to find problems. 
and this is, I will say, I can't, well, I won't say anything, but um, <laughs> it happens because those things, those, those, those major components I just named, it, and it, in fact, it does not come from the foundation now, which is the home, that particular youth will encounter those problems and then do what? Blow his or her career if, if in fact, that's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Yes, well, and, and, go ahead. I just said, yes, I agree. Well, I, I do, too. I mean, I, I had nothing more to add to that. I completely agree. Uh, this is a first for you, Samantha. But anyway, in in today's society, I don't think we're going to see a lot of these kids fall through the crack. You know, it it was a guy that um, I can't think of the school that he went to. Maybe you can help me, Coach. Um, Dexter Manley. He Samantha. He played for the Redskins for many years. Right, right. And and it turned out that um, after he had been in the NFL for like six years, he couldn't read. Right. Oh, you know, wow. I remember that. I remember we that. Not too. find these kids anymore. This won't. That won't happen again, because colleges. Mm-hmm. That you know what kind of black eye that is to a college now, that for a guy to go through your university and can't read. Well, they 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 have guidelines. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's really tough to. It's it's hard to find out how in the world Notre Dame can be so good when their academic standards are higher than that of the University of Florida, University of Miami. And the same goes for Stanford and Yale. These programs are producing professional athletes now. It's not like those programs used to be like, uh, oh, let's just, that's just Stanford. They're not a real, 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 real good program. Now these teams are just as um, competitive as, as all the other universities in America. Just to close with Dexter Manley, he went to Oklahoma State uh, at Stillwater. Oklahoma State, yes. So we don't have the question out there anymore. (laughs) Thank you, Samantha. You're so smart. And and, and I still go back to that educational foundation. So you're starting these kids out in elementary school with a spot water. Um, You know, they're out late practicing. You know, they're coming to school um, tired, not really focused. And so they're going to miss some, some chunks that's going to build that foundation. And so, okay, they, they continue on and, you know, go through middle school. And so then they get to high school, and they've they missed those chunks, and they have not made, games, made up the grounds that they've lost. So they're not going to get chosen. They're not going to get chosen because you said, you know, they need to have those academic um, standards. They need to have an ACT score, an SAT score um, to, to be able to go to the collegiate level. So they're not going to be there. But because the parents were all in, okay, this is their way, this is my focus, when they get to the high school level and then they can't not go any further, here we are again. They're stuck there. They because are. They, they, they are, realize. Uh, that I've got to have this educational foundation, a strong one. And so Diane, I, I to agree totally. High school level, I'm going to be able to make that test score. I'm going to have the GPA that I need, and then I can go to the next level, the collegiate level, level and then move, and then maybe move to the professional level. But if, they, if that education has not been the focus, they've been doing all those practices, I guess you could say, in vain. In vain. He's not going to go past the high school level. For nothing. 
And and, and trust yeah. me, anybody that has ever played the game and said they they'll tell you they haven't made the grade. The best athletes are not the ones we see in college. The ones walking the street are much better than the ones we see in college. They just didn't have what it take to have what it took to make it. You know, and sometimes it's intestinal fortitude, sometimes it's mental, and some and, and in most cases, if you find a kid with a strong family unit, you're gonna find a good kid and you're gonna find a successful athlete. You find a kid that's that's, that's struggling with with, the, with that family unit. He's probably not a, a good character kid for your team anyway. As I said before, it always starts at the home as your main base, and then that home is positive. That peer pressure will not totally exist. A little bit of it will. The respect right. you're going to have, they're never going to think about entitlement because they're going to try to, to give, give all of themselves. Their character is going to be unbelievable. And accountability, they're going to be there for you. So right. it always goes back to the home. Always goes back to the home. Hey, hold on one second, ladies. Matt has informed me that we have four minutes before our show is over. Man, how okay. time flies when you're having fun. Gene, you want to give a shout-out to anybody before you go, before our show's over? Uh, no, uh, I would like to give a shout-out to you and, and your co-host, or maybe you're the co-host. You guys are doing a wonderful job. I enjoyed Thank the panel you, tonight, and it, it was very informative. Thank you so Thank much. You. Uh, thank you so much, Gene. You know I got a whole lot of love for you and the whole gang down there and for a lot of them. And we have more love for you. Aww. Thank you. Thank you so much. <laughs> yeah. Hey, uh, Samantha, you got a few words closing or you got a shout-out you want to give to anybody before you go? Well, my shout-out is to you, Daryl. <laughs> oh, love you. Man, thank you for doing love. what you're doing. I, I appreciate everybody that called in and spoke on the show. I think this was a worthwhile uh, topic to have, so thank you for doing that. And... Uh, that's it, everybody. I'll talk to you all the next time we call in. Oh, thank you, Samantha. We'll do this again. So, all right. Talk to you yeah. later. Diane, you want to give a shout-out to anybody? Okay. Shout-out to Pete Oliver um, for bringing the issues out to the people. Um, we need more dialogue dialogue like this, and um, I'm glad I was able to participate, and thank you to the other participants on this panel. Diane, thank you so much for being a part of this. Uh, it means a lot to me, and I know I can always count on you for anything. Thanks. Mm-hmm. You're welcome. Yeah. Hey, Miss Huff, you want to give us your final um, your final analysis? Yes. And, uh, yes, I definitely want to thank you, Mr. Oliver, for having me on the show. This is very enlightening. As you know, this is something that I'm most passionate about, and I'm moving forward with it. And, ladies, I really hope that, in the years to come, my name will be a name that you will that you will know that I'm making a difference. I'm going to try to do the best that I can. Uh, shout out to Monica Johnson Oliver and also to Timothy. <laughs> oh, all right. Hey, thanks for everybody for being on the show, and it's been a it's been a great time, man. We had a good time. Hey, coach, there's a whole lot of stuff going on in the world of sports. A whole lot of stuff coming up. Um, the you know, football season's over. However, over the weekend, I went to see the Gainesville Gators play the 
Bunnell, no, the Flagler Knights, a semi-pro football game. And I'd have to say I had a very good time. Um, Gainesville beat the Knights. Uh, I think the score was 32 to zip. It was quite cold out there. It was cold for us in Florida. It was in the 40s. But um, I had a good time. I enjoyed myself. And, and it, and it kind of helped um, relieve a little bit of that, that those football joneses that we've had since the Super Bowl is over and there's no games to watch. But, hey, it was a lot of fun, and I'm pulling for this team in Ida Bunnell, the uh, Flagler Knights. I'm wishing them well. And, guys, if y'all need anything, holla at your boy. Hey, Coach, I'll see you next week. I'll be here. Thank you very much, and I'll be here too. Hey, guys, thanks for listening to Sports Info UM on the Voice America Radio. We'll be back next week with more sports information. Thanks again for listening. Daryl Oliver and Sam Sword will be back again next Monday at 5 p.m. Pacific Time, 8 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel for more Sports Info UM. We'll see you then.